file forty three of a treatise of human nature by david hume volume two this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by george yeager book three of morals part two of justice and injustice section seven of the origin of government nothing is more certain than that men are in a great measure governed by interest and that even when they extend their concern beyond themselves it is not to any great distance nor is it usual for them in common life to look farther than their nearest friends and acquaintance it is no less certain that it is impossible for men to consult their interest in so effectual a manner as by an universal and inflexible observance of the rules of justice by which alone they can preserve society and keep themselves from falling into that wretched and savage condition which is commonly represented as the state of nature and as this interest which all men have in the upholding of society and the observation of the rules of justice is great so is it palpable and evident even to the most rude and uncultivated of human race and it is almost impossible for any one who has had experience of society to be mistaken in this particular since therefore men are so sincerely attached to their interest and their interest is so much concerned in the observance of justice and this interest is so certain and avowed it may be asked how any disorder can ever arise in society and what principle there is in human nature so powerful as to overcome so strong a passion or so violent as to obscure so clear a knowledge it has been observed in treating of the passions that men are mightily governed by the imagination and proportion their affections more to the light under which any object appears to them than to its real and intrinsic value what strikes upon them with a strong and lively idea commonly prevails above what lies in a more obscure light and it must be a great superiority of value that is able to compensate this advantage now as everything that is contiguous to us either in space or time strikes upon us with such an idea it has a proportional effect on the will and passions and commonly operates with more force than any object that lies in a more distant and obscure light though we may be fully convinced that the latter object excels the former we are not able to regulate our actions by this judgment but yield to the solicitations of our passions which always plead in favour of whatever is near and contiguous this is the reason why men so often act in contradiction to their known interest and in particular why they prefer any trivial advantage that is present to the maintenance of order in society which so much depends on the observance of justice the consequences of every breach of equity seem to lie very remote 
and are not able to counterbalance any immediate advantage that may be reaped from it. They are, however, nevertheless real for being remote, and as all men are in some degree subject to the same weakness, it necessarily happens that the violations of equity must become very frequent in society, and the commerce of men, by that means, be rendered very dangerous and uncertain. You have the same propension that I have in favour of what is contiguous above what is remote. You are therefore naturally carried to commit acts of injustice as well as me. Your example both pushes me forward in this way by imitation, and also affords me a new reason for any breach of equity, by shewing me that I should be the cully of my integrity, if I alone should impose on myself a severe restraint amidst the licentiousness of others. This quality, therefore, of human nature not only is very dangerous to society, but also seems on a cursory view to be incapable of any remedy. The remedy can only come from the consent of men, and if men be incapable of themselves to prefer remote to contiguous, they will never consent to anything which would oblige them to such a choice, and contradict in so sensible a manner their natural principles and propensities. Whoever chooses the means chooses also the end, and if it be impossible for us to prefer what is remote, it is equally impossible for us to submit to any necessity which would oblige us to such a method of acting. But here it is observable that this infirmity of human nature becomes a remedy to itself and that we provide against our negligence about remote objects merely because we are naturally inclined to that negligence when we consider any objects at a distance all their minute distinctions vanish and we always give the preference to whatever is in itself preferable without considering its situation and circumstances this gives rise to what in an improper sense we call reason, which is a principle that is often contradictory to those propensities that display themselves upon the approach of the object. In reflecting on any action which I am to perform a twelve-month hence, I always resolve to prefer the greater good, whether at that time it will be more contiguous or remote nor does any difference in that particular make a difference in my present intentions and resolutions. My distance from the final determination makes all those minute differences vanish, nor am I affected by anything but the general and more discernible qualities of good and evil. But on my nearer approach those circumstances which I at first overlooked begin to appear and have an influence on my conduct and affections. A new inclination to the present good springs up, and makes it difficult for me to adhere inflexibly to my first purpose and resolution. This natural infirmity I may very much regret, and I may endeavour by all possible means to free myself from it 
i may have recourse to study and reflection within myself to the advice of friends to frequent meditation and repeated resolution and having experienced how ineffectual all these are i may embrace with pleasure any other expedient by which i may impose a restraint upon myself and guard against this weakness the only difficulty therefore is to find out this expedient by which men cure their natural weakness and lay themselves under the necessity of observing the laws of justice and equity notwithstanding their violent propension to prefer contiguous to remote it is evident such a remedy can never be effectual without correcting this propensity and as it is impossible to change or correct anything material in our nature the utmost we can do is to change our circumstances and situation and render the observance of the laws of justice our nearest interest and their violation our most remote but this being impracticable with respect to all mankind it can only take place with respect to a few whom we thus immediately interest in the execution of justice these are the persons whom we call civil magistrates kings and their ministers our governors and rulers who being indifferent persons to the greatest part of the state have no interest or but a remote one in any act of injustice and being satisfied with their present condition and with their part in society have an immediate interest in every execution of justice which is so necessary to the upholding of society here then is the origin of civil government and society men are not able radically to cure either in themselves or others that narrowness of soul which makes them prefer the present to the remote they cannot change their natures all they can do is to change their situation and render the observance of justice the immediate interest of some particular persons and its violation their more remote these persons then are not only induced to observe those rules in their own conduct but also to constrain others to a like regularity and enforce the dictates of equity through the whole society and if it be necessary they may also interest others more immediately in the execution of justice and create a number of officers civil and military to assist them in their government but this execution of justice though the principle is not the only advantage of government as violent passion hinders men from seeing distinctly the interest they have in an equitable behaviour towards others so it hinders them from seeing that equity itself and gives them a remarkable partiality in their own favours this inconvenience is corrected in the same manner as that above mentioned the same persons who execute the laws of justice will also decide all controversies concerning them and being indifferent to the greatest part of the society will decide them more equitably than every one would in his own case
by means of these two advantages in the execution and decision of justice men acquire a security against each other's weakness and passion as well as against their own and under the shelter of their governors begin to taste at ease the sweets of society and mutual assistance but government extends farther its beneficial influence and not contented to protect men in those conventions they make for their mutual interest it often obliges them to make such conventions and forces them to seek their own advantage by a concurrence in some common end or purpose there is no quality in human nature which causes more fatal errors in our conduct than that which leads us to prefer whatever is present to the distant and remote and makes us desire objects more according to their situation than their intrinsic value two neighbours may agree to drain a meadow which they possess in common because it is easy for them to know each other's mind and each must perceive that the immediate consequence of his failing in his part is the abandoning the whole project but it is very difficult and indeed impossible that a thousand persons should agree in any such action it being difficult for them to concert so complicated a design and still more difficult for them to execute it while each seeks a pretext to free himself of the trouble and expense and would lay the whole burden on others political society easily remedies both these inconveniences magistrates find an immediate interest in the interest of any considerable part of their subjects they need consult nobody but themselves to form any scheme for the promoting of that interest and as the failure of any one piece in the execution is connected though not immediately with the failure of the whole they prevent that failure because they find no interest in it either immediate or remote thus bridges are built harbours opened ramparts raised canals formed fleets equipped and armies disciplined everywhere by the care of government which though composed of men subject to all human infirmities becomes by one of the finest and most subtle inventions imaginable a composition which is in some measure exempted from all these infirmities End of file forty three